Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Jam Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Aiden. And I'm Mohammed. Today we will be discussing a New York Times notable book, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, by a Whitbread Book of the Year winner, Mark Haddon. Also in this episode, we will be discussing and talking about plot conflicts in the book, characters, thematic concepts and thematic statements, personal collection connections, reactions and reflections to mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Alright, before we dive into this book talk, we're going to discuss a quick summary of the plot and conflicts of this book. Starting with the main character, Christopher. He is he lives on the spectrum, and he knows a few cool facts like all the countries, all the capitals, and all the prime numbers up to 7,000. His day also depends on if cars are going to be red in a row or yellow in a row. Alright, so right at the beginning of the book, it starts off with Christopher finding a dog dead. Uh, the dog's name is Wellington, which belongs to Miss Shears. Um, so Miss Shears sees that Christopher is holding the dog, and she thinks that he killed the dog. So she calls the cops on him, and the cops come, and they're asking him a couple questions, interrogating him, making him kind of uncomfortable. And, you know, they have some conflict. And then um, Christopher hits the cop, and he is taken then to a... Um, juvenile little place and his dad has to come and pick him up. Alright, so after his dad bails uh, Christopher's out and gets him out of the juvie, Christopher sets a goal into his mind and is determined to find out who killed Wellington. He goes around asking all the neighbors near his house, teachers, friends, just even random people and asks them, do you know who killed Wellington? Do you know who hated Wellington? Or anything like that. Which results into Arguments and physical altercations with his father and very bad conflicts because his father does not want him to keep going around and asking people who killed Wellington or just he just wants him to abandon this he called it a stupid investigation. Before this moment in time, Christopher has been told by his dad that his mother is dead. But Christopher finds envelopes throughout the house that show that she is not dead and she is actually living in London. Father then admits that he killed Wellington, and Christopher values trust more than almost anything in this world. So once he finds out this news, his father has broken his trust and makes Christopher want to leave after a physical altercation. So yeah, Christopher wants to leave, so he runs away to London to find his mother and move in with her. Um, He gets into many situations as he goes on to the train. Many cops try and stop him, try and bring him back to his father. Um, He hides from many cops, and then there's some other parts that also on the train that uh, he runs into people and just many things that causes him to, or his autism to trigger, and he uh, does many breakdowns and other things like that. And then finally, throughout this entire journey, he is able to find his mom, and he then talks to her. Yeah, he gets to London, and he finds his mother, which was uh, married to, we find out that his uh, dad uh, divorced his mother and his mother was having an affair with the husband of Mrs. Shears. And he finds his mother who is married to Mr. Shears there. And his mother and father, his father finds him and his mother and father argue and get into a conflict. And the hardest choice a child can even go into, which Christopher, who even lives on the spectrum, would have to go 
resulting in him choosing between them and having his whole life to be changed. One of the factors that makes this book really unique is the characters and how different and unique each and every one are. So we'll go through the characters real quick and discuss some qualities and traits that they have. I will start with Christopher. Christopher, he lives on the spectrum and his thinking is very logical and whatever makes sense. When it comes to emotions, he doesn't understand many emotions that you can make on your face, so it is hard for him to read people. His teacher, he has made him emotion cards so that he is able to understand it a little bit better. He doesn't understand many jokes or things that are made to make him laugh. He doesn't understand them fully. And what I said earlier about the cars, yellow cars mean bad day, red cars in a row mean a good day. All right, so uh, Christopher's father, um, for three years, he pretty much raised him on his own. Um, he had a little bit of help, but it was just pretty much on his own. Um, with Christopher's autism, he had to be very patient with him. Um, but still, throughout the relationship, uh, his father lies to him many times. Um, we see this as Christopher directly says it to us, but also throughout the book, we see that he kind of, or we can guess that he kind of lies as he is trying to cover up many things, um, like killing Wellington and um, hiding the fact that his mother is still alive. The mother in this book isn't the most likable character, you can say. Christopher tells us that she's very short-tempered and doesn't have as much patience as his father does. She she leaves. We find out that she leaves Christopher, but Christopher, all the years that his, I think it was like three years that his dad was raising him, he was he thought that she was dead. That's what his dad told him. His dad told him that his mom died from a heart attack in the hospital. But he soon finds out after finding envelopes in his dad's in his father's uh, room that she actually left him to go to be with Mr. Shears, the husband of Mrs. Shears, and she marries him, and she's living in London all these all this time. And at the same time, like, she's very, she doesn't even, as you can say, like, she doesn't even care that much or not the best mother. Like, f as f the first time she's seen Christopher in three years, she automatically goes for a hug and just totally disregards that he's living on the spectrum and he hates being touched and she knows that. I'll go with another character that I personally don't like at all in this book is Mrs. Shears. She is the neighbor of Christopher and the owner of Wellington. She is very uh, acu accusative. She accused Christopher really quickly of being the dog before actually looking at the facts. She hates father and mother, but used to be close with Christopher and the father. All right, so next I will be talking about Mr. Shears. Um, there wasn't much about it. There was a little bit in the middle and then towards the end, but um, he basically had an affair with Christopher's mother. Um, he kind of didn't really care about the family that much, he didn't really care about Mrs. Shears, his ex-wife, um, and also we see that he really does not like the father at all. Um, as soon as uh, Christopher comes home to his mom, he says, um, you know, I hope his father isn't here at all or anything like that. Yeah, first thing he, literally first thing that he says, that he says when uh, Christopher comes is, oh, I hope the father's not here. I'm going to be talking about Siobhan, pretty sure that's her name. Siobhan doesn't get talked about much in the book, but at the same time, she does play a big role. She's the mentor or teacher, you could say, for Christopher. She teaches Christopher about real life, emotions, teaches him because how, like, understanding jokes and emotions and stuff. She even makes him a set of cards of 
faces he can make uh, of different emotions. If he's mad, he's sad, he's happy. And she's just, she teaches Christopher a lot of stuff that he uses in the real world. Though this book has many conflicts, we are going to be discussing the main three. And I'll start off with the very first conflict, which is Wellington dying. This conflict kind of starts off the rest of the future conflicts that we'll talk about later. This causes Christopher to get in trouble with the cops as he has a reaction when he is touched by one of them, trying to comfort him. This also sets off a crazy investigation and creates a little bit of tension between him, the dad, and the police as the police give him a warning and are really and really suspect him that he killed the dog. All right, so the next big conflict that we will be talking about is the envelopes. So basically, Christopher is looking for the his notebook, actually, that his dad hid from him um, because he did not want to uh, keep going with the investigation. So basically, um, he's looking for his notebook and he finds a box with many envelopes in it. Um, Soon after this, Christopher finds the truth about his mom and the reason why she left him, you know, that she didn't die from cancer, that she just left them and went to live with Mr. Shears. Um, so basically, uh, he confronts, or Christopher confronts his dad about this, and they have some arguments and conflicts yeah. uh, between each other. And then... Actually, they got into a physical altercation. Yeah, yeah, he pushed him. I think he smacked him, I think. Yeah, he... Yeah. I think so. So then... Um, after this, Christopher, you know, was like, I'm kind of scared of my dad. You know, I don't really know what to do. He and, doesn't trust him at all. Anymore. Yeah. And then he had, you know, he made himself three uh, decisions on what to do. And his decision was to leave the house and go and move with, in with his mom. He wanted to travel all the way to London to his mom. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, the biggest conflict in this whole entire book was uh, the London Adventure. It was Christopher traveling all the way to London to be with his mom. Why I think this is the biggest conflict is because Christopher, living on the spectrum, was put through everything and most uncomfortable situation that he could be put into. Mm -hmm. There were just so many conflicts. The police confrontation. He, police always, as we saw in the beginning, the police just touching him made Christopher hit the police and getting getting put into juvie. So Mm -hmm. police confrontation made him uncomfortable. Uh, the train obstacles, losing his pet, Toby, Toby yeah. almost even getting hit by a, uh, the bathrooms. Oh, my God. The being disgusting and seeing the brown poop and he hates the color brown. Yep. Almost getting hit by a freaking train and all the all the hundreds of people surrounding him because he does not like he doesn't like to be like put into like tight spaces, being surrounded and getting touched by people. And what's it called? The and also getting to his another conflict getting arriving to london and actually going to getting to his mother first thing again the mother father and mr shears having a big conflict and argument Remember, mr shears and the dad were yelling at each other and the mother telling the father to leave and the father just wanted to talk to christopher and also the biggest thing literally the one of the biggest things a child can go through is choosing between his mom and dad after getting a divorce and on top of that christopher living on the spectrum like that's just yeah. no. And eventually, he did decide to um, stay and live with his mom because he felt like it was right, and he was also scared of his dad for yeah. lying to him, and he felt that there wasn't much trust between them. Yeah. Throughout the book, two thematic statements caught our eye, which is discovery and trust. I'll start off with discovery. 
Christopher, he discovers many things. Like at the start of the book, he discovers Wellington being dead, which starts off a big trail of more discoveries. Another discovery is when he finds the letters that show his mom is not actually dead and she is actually alive, living in London, like we discussed earlier. Christopher also finds out more discoveries and just about himself, learns about himself, and learns that he's capable of doing anything. Alright, so next I'll be talking about trust. Um, throughout the entire book, trust is very key. Um, many clues show that Christopher trusts his dad in the beginning, um, but uh, later on we see that it was very hard for Christopher to trust his dad, um, and he was losing trust because he lied to him um, in many occasions as he lied to him that his mom was still alive. Um, also, trust was very key, for he had to trust himself that he was able to make the trip all the way to London whenever he figured out that his mom was still alive. Um, he also had to trust his mom that he still loved him, uh, for him to travel all the way there just for no reason. You know, he had to trust that his mom still had feelings for him. Um, but yeah, throughout the entire book, it was very hard to trust people, um, including it was very hard to trust with his autism. Um, you know, once you hear something... If you have autism, you know, you think it's true, and then, you know, it could be a lie, so yeah. Alright guys, next we're going to be talking about the two objectives that we found. First one I'm going to do is the, important, the importance of mathematics in Christopher's life. In this book, math and mathematics is very, very, it's like, it doesn't even, doesn't seem like it plays a big role, but it's such a huge role in this book, especially to Christopher. It's a coping me mechanism, and it's a potential it's like part of his life. It's a potential career for him. He's always talking about him, like so much of the pages. He's always talking about how he wants to do the the maths A and how he even in the middle of the conflict of his mom and dad of him going to London, all he was thinking about is doing the maths A. Maths is very important to him. Whenever he's sad, he's bored, he's angry, or even happy, he just does math problems. In this book, we see it calms him and it makes him enjoy it a lot he says that in his daily life and he's always thinking about it talking about it like he, he literally daydreams about math and he says he wants to be a scientist and go to space because he's he likes to be very lonely and whenever he's alone he also does math and yeah he uses that math like in in science the next objective um we'll be discussing will be christopher's father and how his strengths and how he is as a parent well, I'll start off with saying it. it's not easy having a child that lives on the spectrum, and it's definitely going to bring us challenges rather than raising one that's not. Starting with he has to be there 24-7. That's He just has to be there for Christopher, otherwise yeah. things could go wrong. He has to be very patient and describe things thoroughly, otherwise Christopher can get confused and flustered. And most of the time I would say he's a really good parent, especially given the limitations he has to face. And though when he messes up, he takes initiative and apologizes to Christopher before the relationship can get messed up early on in the book. And we see, by the way, Christopher has grown up to be brave, smart, and nice, that he was a really good parent the way Christopher has turned out. Mm -hmm. All right, so next we will be discussing three topics about this book. Um, so I will be talking about the envelopes that Christopher found. So first, it was mainly the discovery of the envelopes. He found them... Um, he, you know, was very confused by them. He starts reading them and is trying to break them down, like, very confused on why it has his mom's name on it. Um, he was trying to kind of make excuses that, you know, maybe it was the wrong address or the wrong person. Um, but, yeah, this just made him very confused um, as to why it says that, you know, his mom is still alive. And 
Um, later on, as he reads more and more, um, he does discover that his mom is alive. And this, he confronts his dad about this, and he asks why he lied to him, and they have a couple arguments about it. Um, and these arguments led to Christopher being scared of his father, which also led to him leaving home and going to London to live with his mom. This also caused many challenges for him on his journey to London. Um, you know, his autism really just... It was very hard for him to do this journey on his own, yeah. um, going through the train stations with many people, and it was just very Putting very him in, difficult. like, uncomfortable situations yeah. and everything. Exactly. All right, the next topic we're going to be talking about is digression in this book. The Christopher, he'll always, like, lots of times, he either has, he has tantrums, he goes off of, he goes off on rants, and he always talks about things he likes, like math, space, or even becoming an astronaut. And his favorite colors, even like yellow, or or no red. Sorry, my bad. And he can just talk like in this book. Honestly, a problem I had in this book. The only thing I did not like about this book. So there was the main. There was a theme and everything. It was a very enjoyable book. But there's just some points in the book where Christopher would just talk about the most random shit ever. Yes. I swear. And it's I don't know. It's he he either go off on rants. He will talk about math. He will talk about just literally anything and it's, but I mean that's another thing when you're on the spectrum most of the time it's like the random stuff is just yeah, in your head like you you're able to like know so much about like such little things that not many people yeah. like know at such a young, young age too it's like it's just crazy and usually most of the time they're not even connected to plot whatsoever mm-hmm. but also it does this it does show Christopher and describes him as a person how he is how he thinks what he likes what he doesn't even like and it shows how he it at the same time it it makes me eager to see what happens next because we have no idea what's going to happen next cuz it's all so random mm-hmm. and the third and um the third and final objective we will talk over which i kind of find a really interesting a great discussion point would be uh should christopher be able to get a license when he applies for one all right okay. so first what do you think justin i would say uh no okay what honestly honestly i would say no yeah, I think I'd, I'm with you guys. I'd say no. The reason um, I'm saying, or you want to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. One reason I think um, he, I just don't think so. He very loud noises. He just doesn't like those. And there's lots of them on the road, like mm-hmm. such as honks and stuff. Yeah. And then like bright lights at night could, you know, cause him to maybe like kind of get a little scared and driving or, you know, maybe him go like kind of get out of. Not or get distracted from looking at the road yeah. along the lines of that. I'm just gonna use an example, like for the train example, like <clears throat> him, Christopher being on the spectrum, and him knowing that he doesn't like to be touched, he doesn't like to be surrounded by so many people, he doesn't like loud noises, he doesn't like bright lights. It's just driving. You have all those mixed together. You're surrounded by cars everywhere, especially mm-hmm. even if, for example, he feels on the highway. There's traffic lights. Oh, there's yeah, traffic. There's everything. And you have the yellow cars, which could give him a bad day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, God forbid, let's say Christopher's driving one day. He gets his license, and he's just so uncomfortable. He could literally crash, and it will be not good at all. And also reacting fast. He could get zoned out. Like, we were talking about those digressions, how Mm -hmm. sometimes he just thinks about the most random stuff. He could zone out and, again, not pay pay attention and get into a crash. But, I mean, also, you got to think, like, I'll put um, some points for the yes. Yeah, there's there also is a a decent argument for um, yes. 
he's able to follow directions really well, and it would be very um, useful in the future. Yeah. When he needs to be places and can't use the bus all the time. True. Also, he did say many times in the book, he loves following rules. Mm-hmm. So, also, let's say Christopher grows up and overcomes some of the disadvantages and obstacles that living on the spectrum gives him. Gives him, he will be able to follow a rule. Like in the book, sometimes he says that if there's a rule, he will follow it no matter what. Like he follows all the rules, and he will need it for the future. Yeah. And coming to the end of this episode, we will be wrapping it up with personal connections, reflections, and reactions that we felt throughout this book. I'll start off with some personal connections. Um, I personally know someone with autism. He lives in my neighborhood, and we're we hang out occasionally, decently often now. I'm around him a lot, and I can relate to some of the actions and thoughts that he has, like uh, digression that Christopher does in the book. My friend does as well. All right, yeah, so um, I have some reactions. Um, I, I, I noticed that it was, like, very hard to take care of someone with autism or, you know, any type of special needs. Um, but even though they are different, they can still do whatever they want. They can still strive for those goals. It, it might be hard. It's, there's going to be many challenges um, that come along rather than, you know, maybe a, um, a normal person. But they're, they're still, they can strive for those big goals. And um, some things that surprised me, it, how much information that Christopher knew, like, at such a young age. He just knew so many little things. He was out able to go on, like, how rants. how smart he was. Yeah, he was just able to go on rants of just math and science and stars and where they're located and just stuff like that. It was just surprising. Bro knows. Bro knows the prime numbers all the way, like, 7,057. And, like, literally, na- someone name a kid that knows every single country in the world. That's what Christopher knows. All right. Also, me, for my personal connections and reactions, I personally also... No, someone with autism. My cousin has autism, and I can relate to also the digression. Like, she'll come up to me and just talk about random stuff, and it, it also surprised me. Like, someone living on the spectrum, but can be so smart and still know so mm-hmm. much more information than even yeah. the normal person or average person. But also reactions, not like being mean or anything, but it just made me a little annoyed. Like how sometimes everything has to revolve around them, or like how. I don't know, like, yeah, he could just, at least let his mom hug him after not seeing him for, like, four years, but I don't know. He just didn't really understand. I'm yeah, also not in his you place, You don't always so. understand. Yeah, yeah, she didn't, I he probably know. didn't understand, like, how, like, you know, happy she was to see him. I go. Oh, true. And now we're going to end this off with the, the quote awards. We're going to pick the five best quotes that we felt throughout the book had the biggest impact on us and in the story. I'll start off with a, a quote on page 12. I think prime numbers are like life. They are very logical, but you can never work out the rules, even if you spend all your time thinking about them. This is uh, this shows how Christopher is very logical thinking and compares life to math, which I think is very impressive and shows how people on the spectrum can possibly have a different way of thinking. All right, so next, uh, this quote is on page 16. He held up his right hand and spread his fingers out in a fan. I held up my left hand and spread my fingers out in a fan, and we made our fingers and thumbs touch each other. This basically just describes how Christopher and his father basically hugged. It was more of like, because Christopher did not like hugging, so he they put their hands together to show love between each other. All right, the quote I picked, this quote was on page 112. Quote, then I stopped reading the letter because I felt sick. Mother had not had a heart attack. Mother had not died. Mother had been alive all the time, and father had lied about this. I think this quote in the book, like, I bet 
and Christopher's head, he automatically just lost so much yeah. trust in his father. Changes direction, like... Because father's the one that's been raising him for three or four years and had done everything for him, fed him, took care of him, everything. And such a big thing, telling, his, telling him that, lying to him and saying that his mother is dead, but this whole time she's alive. And the last quote I picked is on page 122 by Christopher, and it says... I had to get out of the house. Father had murdered Wellington. That meant he could murder me because I couldn't trust him, even though he had said, trust me, because he had told a lie about a big thing. And this shows that when you break Christopher's trust, he values trust just more than almost anything else in this world. So when you break that trust, he can possibly think the best of you to the worst of you. All right, yeah. So the last quote that I picked, it's on page 221 by Christopher. And I know I can do this because I went to London on my own and because I solved the mystery of who killed Wellington and I found my mother and I was brave and I wrote a book and that means I can do anything. This basically just sums up even though you might have a disability, you can still do anything you want as long as you put your heart to it and try as hard as you can. Yeah. Well, that ends episode two. Uh, we'll hopefully see y'all on the next and final episode, episode three, where we'll be comparing The Dog in the Nighttime to a Netflix. It's a very good series. I recommend watching it. Yeah. It's a Netflix original series called Atypical, which also has a main character who lives on the spectrum.